Hello and welcome back to Tension of Opposites. I feel like I need to start with an apology because I said that this was going to be a part one, part two type thing and it seems quite clear as I'm recording right now that there's no way, no way that this can be only two parts. Namely because the first episode I spent 57 minutes just to explain a little bit of the backstory and three weeks. I don't know how I was thinking that I would be able to then just talk about the entire year abroad in one episode. Because I want to keep it short, for now. This is my version of short, by the way. Don't expect episodes that are ever going to be <laughs> less than an hour. I like to talk a lot, but here we are. I've been really loving the feedback so far. I haven't really shared this podcast publicly. So right now it's just a deal of friends and family that are listening to it. And it's interesting. Some people didn't know that I had done the year abroad. Some people didn't know that I had such a rocky start. And even my family, they didn't really remember certain details. Even I had to go look them up before. It was just a matter of creating finally this thing that has been in my head and now it's something that has been published listened to i've had feedback about it expectations for the next episode so i think i'm just a bit more in this self-conscious space i really want to do something that can give this whole idea and experience justice i really wanted to put forward that particular moment of the year abroad which I don't really know even how I feel about it. The idea that when I think about my entire year abroad, that is the first thing that comes to mind, something that virtually lasted only three weeks, and that was a rocky start, because it was a rocky start. It's weird that that's the thing that's always going to stick in my mind when I think about the year abroad, to then think that I went on to have a quote-unquote normal year, like everybody else did, with its ups and downs, but I remember at the beginning I felt a lot of resentment towards that. Especially when I had moved, I was in the process of moving families. I was thinking, okay, had I not chosen that family, would I have had a better year? Would I have found a better family? Would I have been in a different place? Would I have been in that state, in that family, which was the one that I had been dreaming about for so long? I was really scared that if I hadn't accepted this family, how much time would have passed until I would have found another family? So I felt pressured to do that in a sense. But then at the same time, nothing was done with malicious intent. I think I have more of an um, irritation towards the coordinator. But as for the families, I think they were very naive and put into the situation just as the students are. They were sold the same dream just as the students are. This idea that it was just, oh, okay, you just get a student, you host someone, you have them over, you have an exchange of cultures, it will be amazing, without really realizing that you are going to be the guardian of this person that you do not know, a teenager of all things, and you have to take care of all the administrative stuff, going to school, the medical expenses, something were to happen, and then on top of that, making that person feel part of your family, making them feel welcome. It's a big responsibility, and many times there have been exchange students that ended up in families and the main idea was like, why did you host me? Because it really does not seem that you're interested in wanting to make me be part of that. I want to make this very clear. At least with my agency, host families are not paid to host students. So there's nothing that they're getting out of this financially. So that makes you even more confused. Like, okay, why are you doing this? And I really sincerely believe that they 
have been set up for failure kind of the same way that we did. So at the end of the day, either you have families that have hosted over the years or they're a bit more experienced. Although, to be honest, I feel a bit iffy about that as well. Both my host families were first-time host families. And I'm glad that that's, that was the case because it kind of makes it feel a bit more special. Like I've heard of host families that hosted every single year over I don't know how many years. And I feel like maybe it's just something that gets lost or there's some comparisons that can be done. Maybe it's just my impression of it. I don't carry any resentment towards them now. I don't think it was necessarily their fault. I think they just really thought that this was a good experience, but they weren't given all the details. And perhaps as a result, they didn't realize that maybe that wasn't a good option. How do you manage to summarize such a pivotal year of your life, especially when you're so young? How do you manage to find the balance between obviously presenting a structure of a year, it is a calendar year, and also trying to maintain the spontaneity of this sort of conversation? I really wanted to go back to why I was so obsessed with the States at that point in time. And I think to me it comes from all the culture that I was subconsciously subjecting myself to. So everything that went from Disney Channel and all the TV series, the movies or MTV, like everything was about America. Had I been 16 years old now, there's such an entirely different perception. But at the time, America sells dreams, it sells optimism, it sells the conviction that anything is possible. There's this belief in one's ability and you're soaked into it when you're there. You're surrounded by people that objectively do not know you but for some reason want to cheer you on they truly believe that you can do it and that there's this conviction that i feel like in europe isn't even there and even if we want to boil it down essentially to the high schools just from watching disney channel when i was a kid you could see that their experience of high school wasn't something that was just studying as it was for us they had all these events around they just made it as spectacular as possible whether it be a graduation party or a pep rally or a game, everything is an excuse to make a big celebration out of it. And that's something that's really cool. So you're ending up in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. Maybe if you come from a bigger city, you're doing a lot more things than you would be doing in this little town. And yet they manage to find ways not to get bored. And they come up with all these weird things and Things that would never even cross your mind, and they manage to make it attractive. They manage to sell that to you. And it's the attitude, how they present ambition. Even if you don't necessarily know someone who has been there, that's just like the perception that you get. That if you're there, everything moves a bit faster. You can aim higher. That is unwavering optimism that you feel when you're there, and also when you see it from the outside looking in. The Christmas before I went on my first trip to the States, I'd never been there before. I'd been nagging my parents for the longest time and we ended up doing this family trip and we went to uh, Washington DC and New York. When my mom told me that we were going to the States for the holidays, I started crying. I cried on a plane, it was very pathetic, but I was so overwhelmed and excited. And I remember when I just got there and we were going to like the, the hotel from the airport, it was like, this is a bush in America. This is a, this is a street in America. This is really America. And, you know, obviously seeing it from the perspective of a bigger city and during the holidays, it was just 
so beautiful and breathtaking, so I was even more excited. But how can I manage to convey that sense to you? Maybe you're a listener that has no interest in the United States, maybe cynical about this ideal that has been sold for so long that everything comes with confidence, but sometimes also arrogant confidence, and also ignorant confidence. Many times they don't even know of any other reality outside of the United States unless they have the ability to travel. I feel like Europeans are always a bit skeptical when it comes to the States, but I wanted to find a way to be able to explain and convey those feelings, especially from the perspective of a 16-year-old going there. I've recently watched La La Land. I feel like that movie is the embodiment of the American dream because it shows these people who are interested in doing, pursuing this goal, and it's all about talking about what their dreams are, and if they work hard enough, they can manage, and there's a bit of struggle, but then at the end, they manage, and it's in LA, which also, I feel, has this very different vibe to it. And the movie specifically is divided in four parts. Winter, summer, spring, and autumn. And so, I want to divide mine in four parts as well. When you decide to leave for a year abroad, whether it's before you leave or once you get there, for me it was once I got there, they show you this chart of what your year abroad is supposed to be in terms of moments, moods, general. And they divide it into four parts. You've got the honeymoon period, culture shock, recovery, and adaptation. The honeymoon period is in the beginning because it's when... It seems like everything is amazing and perfect and you're still getting used to it. Everything is new. Everything is exciting. In the chart, it's like the highest, highest peak of the curve. And it's for more or less around the first two to three months. And then there's just like this real sharp plummet and it just goes down. And this crisis prolongs quite a little bit. It comes right before the holidays and the holidays make it very hard. That's why also they suggest for you not to go back to your own home country at the time or to not be visited during the holidays just because it's a very hard moment and then that kind of protects for a little while and I feel like things around I guess after the holidays after the first break towards February March you start to recover there's a little bit more of an adjustment and then towards the end there's an adaptation and the adaptation by the way never even comes close to what the peak of the honeymoon period was. That is the way that they express the year abroad. And I feel it's a very accurate thing. Everyone has their different charts. And you would expect that with the rocky start that I had, my honeymoon period would be different. But I remember moving into the new family feeling like, okay, this is my clean slate. I'm starting all over like nothing has ever happened. And I was so adamant about trying to erase it and pretend that nothing had happened because it it was such a hard moment and you feel very unlucky like oh god of all people why the hell did this have to happen to me so given that it had happened on such a short stretch of time i moved into the new family august 1st it's like okay it's like nothing nothing ever happened okay roll roll with the punches new clean slate let's go bye and now we'll start with part one Honeymoon period. Honeymoon period was really, really cool, obviously. At that time, I wasn't very much, I think, settling into the family. I don't have many memories of the family the first month. I was just so completely 
involved in the school and interested in by what was going on and everyone was interested in me that I wasn't really paying attention to me the first month given what I had been through before it was just like okay this family seems cool I have an actual room they're giving me lots of liberty they seem very nice perfect that's pretty much that's good for me that's good enough so with all that had happened before I didn't really have time to concentrate on the beginning of school so I really wanted to just redirect my focus entirely on that the school as I said in the first episode was really good we had no problems I had found out sadly that I had to actually study in order to graduate and to be able to walk so that is the graduation ceremony and I was very irritated by that because <laughs> that wasn't the idea but that implied the principal going through all the transcripts of the years of high school prior and at that point they had realized that I was missing some classes so like for example I had to make up for math class and there was like a science class that I had to do online other than that in the states you have six hours, six periods, and every day it's the same period. And then you change classes from one semester to the other if you want to. And you have three compulsory and three electives. The compulsory for me were U.S. history, U.S. government, and English. Then my electives were math, because I had to do math. Then I did ceramics. I didn't even know there was a class, but I was very excited about that. And then... I did culinary, because I always wanted to know. I still remember my first day of school. They usually had always like two to four exchange students every year, so they were used to having exchange students, but no one really knew about us. We had met this one girl, and this girl happened to do cross-country, and at that time they suggested look for clubs or for sports, Clubs were quite boring, and so we said, okay, let's try sports. And I am not a sporty person. So I decided to opt for cross-country because cross-country doesn't really have any impact as a team, you know, like on somebody else. You practice together, but then in the end, you have your own your own race and your own numbers. So I said, okay, good enough. And I just thought it was a sport that was going to be okay. Little did I know that it was three hours of practice every single day in 45 degree weather. It was 115 degrees at the end of July, beginning of August. So it was quite, quite, quite hot and overwhelming. But the group of people was super cool. It was a gigantic group of kids. And the way that they would support you, like they had no gain and no interest out of it. But they then, I guess they had figured out that I was the exchange student. They would be calling me out to be like, yes, you got it. You can do it. Just this kind of cheering you on for no apparent reason and not even knowing you that was really really cool and some I made some really really good friends so that was the sports side as for the school my first day of school I just remember first period I enrolled in the math which was assigned to my grade so 12th grade I get in the class was actually really really small and clearly the teacher knew the students from the years before I imagined that it would be like in the movies where there would be like well, guys, we have this new exchange student joining us today. Her name is Elena. Um, but no, it wasn't like that. No one was aware. They knew that there were some exchange students, but I mean, no one was notified on who. Especially because there's a big turnover. Many kids move from one place to the other. You always have new students, so it's not like news. I get in, super shy, sit somewhere in the back. 
everyone is talking with each other. No one is really acknowledging me because they just assume that maybe I was just like a new kid from another city or something like that. And I don't really speak. And then the teacher comes in, they start talking, joking, and they go through the syllabus. I did not understand anything of what was in that syllabus. Nothing. Like, it was a level of math that I had never seen before. I was like, what the hell is this? And there you don't need to buy books. Like, when you get into the class, you have the books that are, like, of that specific class because you move. So the kids would be moving around and going to, into that class specifically. And I was looking through this textbook and I did not understand anything of what was written on there. It goes through the syllabus and so on. And then towards the end of the class, I think someone looks at me, she's like, okay, so where are you from? And then I just said, yeah, I'm the new exchange student. And then out of nowhere, just like click. They tur- Everyone turns around and they're like, oh, you're the exchange student. And it's like there's a shift in their mind as soon as there's something that's novelty. Everyone took interest into me. Oh, where are you from? How long are you staying? Oh my god, that's so cool. I love your accent. And you, you immediately switch into this mode where you are the new thing. And that's really how it feels like. It doesn't really feel like you are being recognized as you. Like I wasn't Elena. I was the exchange student. The new thing. The different thing. And so in the beginning, I was a bit on a high from that. Because the amount of questions, of interests, of comments... Everyone thought you were like the coolest thing ever because many also never have traveled outside of the United States. So for them, it's really something that I had never seen before. You become a bit like a celebrity. As soon as I get out of my first class, I switch classes to like junior level algebra because I didn't understand anything of what that math class was. And then my second period was ceramics. And I loved it from the second I got in. The teacher was super nice. Basically, I mean, ceramics is actually super interesting in terms of doing something practical, but you're pretty much cracking jokes for an hour. And at that point, there were some kids from the first period that had carried on to the second period. So they'd be like, oh, the 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 conversation continued. And so other people would hear and they would listen and they would ask other questions. And at that point, I was the only exchange student in these classes. And so all the attention was on me. To be honest, that's how it felt for pretty much the first month that I was there. That you are, oh my god, how cool. I had this fear that it was going to be like that scene in Mean Girls, where there's a new girl, Katie, that comes from Africa, and then she doesn't really make friends because everyone has their own group, they sit on the old tables, and she ends up having lunch in the bathroom. And I remember watching that before leaving, I was like, oh, that is going to be me. But no, fortunately... The fact that I had friends from the cross-country group was good because I had people to have lunch with and I would always hang out with them and also the other exchange students. And then throughout my classes, everyone was very much interested. It's cool because you always end up meeting people of different grades. So that was super interesting as well. So I was really enjoying it, especially in the beginning. Everything seemed to be going well. And then obviously I was also getting used to the new host family. With the dad, we just clicked from the beginning especially because he used to take care more of like the taking us to school and so on because the mom had very long shifts and so he would be taking us to school picking us up and all that so we had all these drives that we'd be doing all the time just making jokes I was very shy but yeah it was never an issue for him he was exactly one of those people that he could strike up a conversation with anyone anyone whether we'd be going 
grocery shopping and you're at the counter. Also, that is something that is very different, like at least in my home country. Things that are like administrative, there, there's more a culture of customer service that is very different compared to ours. So you are encouraged to be like, hey, and how are you doing today? How's it going? And you end up having an actual conversation with someone. Maybe when you're in line at the grocery store, there's just this general more, there's a bigger sense of comfort when you are interacting with strangers that we don't have, at least in my country. It's maybe a sense of being a bit more defensive or just keeping to yourself. You don't really trust someone that you don't, do not know. Whereas there, you're always speaking and interacting with someone that you don't know. And sometimes you will m- maybe meet someone that makes you feel a bit more uncomfortable, but it's just in general, you are very caught off guard because you're always having interactions, whether you want to actually give a compliment to someone or someone is saying something at you. I was very thrown off by it in the beginning because, okay, why are you interacting with me? I do not know you. Or it's saying something on the street while you're walking, be like, hey, I love your hair. Like, really, it can be any kind of conversation. So I, I remember I was very overwhelmed by that. And then also they are very overwhelming in general. Like they're all over the place. Everyone is just joking. Everyone is hyped. There is no, how can I say, level levels to get to know someone. The goal is that you've had an interaction that you can say that there is a connection and you can say, okay, I have been in touch with this person. I know who this person is. I, you know, I placed her on the map, kind of. Going from that where you wouldn't really have very deep conversations to someone that just walks up to you and asks you like the most like intimate or random thing, it really throws you, of course. And then at the same time, you, you need to know how to react in a way that doesn't seem defensive. And I am very defensive because then it would also automatically move to like, oh yeah, come on, it's like, it was just a joke. Or like, why are you so sensitive? It feels like no one can really get butthurt by something because if you do, then you're the quote-unquote loser because you're offended by that. You understand certain dynamics and you try to be careful because it's kind of like you you convey a sense of easiness and then at the same time also you need to be able to roll with the punches at the same time you have a lot of interactions everyone is super nice super friendly the friendliest people i've ever met but then at the same time you're a bit thrown off by the fact that it is essentially very superficial conversations with people who sometimes also jump real quick to some intense things it goes deep with a comment or with a suggestion or with a question. And then kind of like it then moves to superficial again. All this when you are 16, you are in high school, you don't know anyone. So your aim is to make as many friends as possible. And it feels like the idea of like a reputation comes very quickly. There is more independence. Like there isn't that need to have to conform. It's not that much like in the movies. Maybe because my school was quite small. So you didn't really have... The jocks, the popular kids, you had some people who were part of that, but it wasn't as divided in sectors as you would see in your usual American movies. Nobody really cares, but at the same time, there is like this general standard of opinion that is created, and then sometimes people have ideas of you and they haven't even met you, so there are these blurred lines. All in all, this is still part of the honeymoon period, everything is still going well, I'm just very overwhelmed because... Usually I am very shy, I'm very to myself, no one is super interested in me. And then I get into this dynamic where I feel like I'm the most famous person and everyone wants to know me and meet me and I just feel, I feel 
amazing. I feel so hot. I remember that. I feel like I was like, I am the coolest kid. Everyone wants to meet me. Everyone loves me, loves my accent. And this was pretty much for the beginning. I would say, yeah, so beginning of August, then end of August, there was my birthday. And that was the first like interaction more with my family. I was still more focused on what am I going to do with my friends? How am I going to celebrate with my friends rather than my family? But then my family also was super sweet and they bought me gifts. And I remember that day was the first time that I ever celebrated, you know, my birthday away from home and I didn't know what to expect. And even in that case, they didn't have to do anything for me. And yet, when I get to the school, I find these cookies like in the class with like balloons and a note from this girl that was from cross country. And then I go to another class and I have some other balloons and some other gifts from a girl from another thing. And then I go to lunch and someone had like bought a piñata or something. And then we had cross country practice. Everyone said, yeah, it's Alina's birthday, like applause. I do understand the high that you get from saying that you know all these people. Walking, especially when you're in high school there, you have to walk from like one building to the other. And you're always saying hi to someone. You're always meeting someone. Someone is always inviting you to do something, to sit, to lunch with them. I remember in the beginning, I had this sense of like, okay, I have made some good friends, but I want to meet as many people as possible. This person wants me for lunch? Yes. This person wants to go out to the movies? Yes. Like, I wanted to do everything with everyone. And I just felt like super all over the place, but I wanted to take advantage. There's like, this fear of missing out, okay, but what if I go to this person and that person, I could meet that person and then who knows, and like maybe through that person who I meet, like you you don't know, you don't know where to look because there's so, there's so much stimuli, there's so many people that are interested in you. So we get to September, September everything goes great, I have my first race with cross country. In the meantime, I was getting sick a lot, I was getting uh, desert allergies I was always going to practice, but I was always finding an excuse not to go to the races because the races were like five kilometers in the desert and I had no strength for that. But I remember doing my first race. I think it was my first and only race in September and that was super, super cool. Exams come about for like the first midterm and the results are quite decent. And then we get to fall break. The good thing about a school term starting so early on, 22nd of July, is that you have so many breaks in between. That was from end of September to beginning of October, more or less, mid-October. And at that time, I was getting a bit more comfortable with the family, but I did realize that I was having quite a few clashes with the mom. I don't really know why specifically, because we didn't really have much interaction. She would be coming home very late, and then her expectations were more around what I needed to do in the house. So I had to take care of my own room, of cleaning the bathroom, doing my laundry, everything that was my thing, I used to clean and I used to take care of, which I appreciated, like it was my level of responsibilities and chores. But it was a bit complicated in the beginning because it didn't evolve as naturally as it did with the hostess. But then also at the same time, I spent much, much, much less time with the mom. So I think the mom wasn't fully convinced about the year abroad. It was clearly uh, an idea of the dad. And to the dad, they had presented it as, you know, there's this kid that doesn't have a place to stay. Can you give him a place to stay? And he was okay with that. But I don't think it was her idea to begin with. So I think she was just trying to understand what was going on as well. 
And um, yeah, in the beginning, we had a bit of clashes more for practical things. Like you didn't clean this, you didn't take care of this, you didn't do that. So then I realized, okay, in my head, what I need to do to kind of like get her approval is do do the cleaning and do all the practical things that she expects. And I remember this, there was this one day that I started deep cleaning everything and I showed her and she was so happy and I was like, okay, yes. But we didn't have time to get to really know each other. And I think she was also noticing that with the dad instead there was this relationship that kept developing we just really got along well and i was getting less shy and he was always making jokes and we were always teasing each other we had a really good vibe and with the kids also but i mean the kids were eight and one and a half years old so not really developing that much of a relationship i just remember how cool i mean i'm the youngest of five and i ended up being the elder sister at that time they were supposed to go to Mexico. And I wasn't included in that simply because bureaucratically also, it was something that had been organized before I came, before they knew of my existence and they had chosen me as an exchange student. And so for that week that they were going to be away, I was supposed to be going to another exchange student friend of mine and I was so excited that I was going to do like a slumber party for a week and so on. But From the beginning of my permanence in this host family, many things had changed professionally for the both of them. And my dad at that time, I'm just going to refer to them as dad and mom. My dad had decided to go back to school. So that obviously had an impact on the free time that we had, how we had to arrange for schedules, who would bring whom to school. It was a bit more complicated. And I think given that he had just started school, he had to stay home for a week and he couldn't go down so it was suggested that I might go with them and I remember I wasn't really having any direct interaction with the mom at the time there wasn't really anything going on she didn't really have time to focus on me because she was so overwhelmed between the work and the babies and then when she would come home the things that she would be noticing would be things that weren't things that I was doing and so then when there would be a confrontation the confrontation wouldn't be so much with me specifically so there was a bit of tension between us but I mean I didn't really know what to do at that point I had never been in a situation like that but then for this specific trip she came up to me and she said listen I will be going to Mexico with the kids would you like to come with me I think it would be really cool and I remember feeling so excited firstly because I would get to travel and that would be amazing And then I thought, okay, this is my chance. If I spend a week with her, it's going to be one-on-one. It will be amazing. We will get so much closer. So I really wanted to do it. Everything was arranged last second. But we managed to get it done. And we leave for Mexico. We leave for Mexico. We do it all by car. Her family lives in the north of Mexico. And when we got there, the trip itself was very weird. Because again, we went from zero to... 10 hours in the car with two babies. We had a stopover in Phoenix because they had family living there. I think we got very distracted because then once we got to Phoenix, we had interactions with our family. Once we got to Mexico, we had interactions with our family. So we had other buffers, in a sense. Get to Mexico. It was so beautiful. The border when you get into Mexico. No checks, nothing. On the way back, they kept us for like an hour. They opened every single thing. There was a problem with my passport because apparently I didn't have this piece of paper that stated I don't know what with my visa. And I was risking like not getting back in. It was a mess. Everything changes. The scenery changes. The music changes. 
the signs, the language, obviously. And I had studied it in high school. The family was the most welcoming family I have ever found myself in contact with. But a different kind of welcoming. The American welcoming is, is still a very nice welcoming, but it's still more individualistic. In Mexico, I felt that sense of belonging, but more in the sense of a community. In a sense that was a lot more familiar to me as well. But I remember from like the second that I stepped foot into that house, everyone treated me as I was their granddaughter, as I was part of their family, and it was beautiful. I had such an amazing time there. I got to meet her mom, I got to meet her siblings, and with her siblings, they were quite close in age. They were younger than the mom. And we used to stay out all night talking about things, and the conversations that we would be having with them were very different from the conversations that I had up until that point in the States. In the States, it was still more questions that were more towards me, who I am, what I like. There in Mexico, we were talking about the condition of the US military, was the difference between the medical health service in Mexico compared to the States, the corruption or the people that were getting killed. We were talking about very serious topics and admittedly I'd really, really missed that because I feel like then the day-to-day conversations were very superficial compared to that. I had an amazing time, we got to travel a little bit. Being there as the host daughter was different even in terms of the mom. I would see that the more she would be introducing me to her family, the more the family would be interacting with me and I would like them and we would get to talk. I could see her, she was having more pride in what she was doing and the fact that she had the student at home and that we were creating this relationship and I think it really helped a lot and it was a beautiful 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 experience right after like this was a very last minute trip as well we leave for California it was a wonderful break because on the first part got to go to Mexico I got to meet my mom's family And then second part, we get to go to California and I get to meet my dad's family because all his family is from Modesto, Stockton, more or less, that's the area. And we go to LA. I had never really had any expectations around LA, but when I got there, it was so intoxicating, but in a good way. The way that people would carry themselves, the attitude, the way that they would dress, it would scream independence but then also the energy was very very captivating we go to LA and then in LA his sister was living there and I had stayed with the sister and the sister was a makeup artist and I was having the time of my life I was obsessed with makeup at the time as well she seemed to have it all like she was just living in LA and she was taking me around one thing I have to say that really shifted my perspective and I think it made me interested is that The conversations may change in terms of topic, but there would be a genuine interest in knowing you, in meeting you, in knowing what you think. And from the perspective of someone who was, at the time, a 16-year-old, and also in terms of my confidence and what people were interested in my phase of life, I had never experienced that before. Also, I mean, I am also the youngest one, so to shift from that to being the youngest and my parents had already been through all like the important phases four times over before me. So that's where I'm the elder sister and everything I do for them is the first time. And so automatically they go from zero to a hundred and they have a teenager. In her last year of high school, she's going to graduate. For them, everything was big. 
and everyone was interested and everyone wanted to know and see that and I had just this sense of maturing all together into a grown woman into someone who had an opinion and an opinion that someone wanted to listen to that was a big 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 difference which I think had the biggest impact on me the fact that there was always someone who wanted to talk to me who wanted to know what I thought who really valued my input and that is something very special and I feel that this should be brought forward everywhere If you manage to give that level of interest to someone at such a young age to show that their input is valued, that they have inherent value and inherent abilities to be able to achieve everything they want, then you will be able to achieve those kind of results. It's not America for the sake of America. Their value system is different. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. In this specific case, I feel it's extremely valuable the fact that you have Older people that really believe that you can do things. Your peers really believe that you can do things. There isn't competitiveness. Wanting you to achieve the best person and the best version of yourself at whatever stage you are. I was witnessing a different social class, income bracket, whether it be my host family, whether it be the friends that I was with. And I was very privileged and I was not doing that at the time. Everyone had different struggles and still, Everyone had the same inherent belief, and everyone believed that someone could really, really do it. And that is one thing that I have to admit I have not found anywhere else. And it's their strength. It's a really, really good strength. This was the first days. At that point, we get to the day that I still think is the best day of my life. This was the first day that I was at my auntie, I guess. And I have breakfast at her apartment and get ready and she does my makeup and I decide to dress up all fancy. We go to Santa Monica, we drive by the pier, there was these like little roller coasters that I went on with my sister and then at a certain point there was this concert, this mini concert that was by the pier and there was a singer that Jason, my dad, was all the time putting on when we were in the car. He was obsessed with Brett Denon at the time. So... Everything was pure bliss. A moment, a day, a feeling of constant pure bliss culminates in this moment where we are at Santa Monica Pier. We had just done the whole roller coasters and stuff. We go into this little concert area. Sunset time, Brett Denon, my family. We listen to him. He's singing Sydney, which was this song that we're singing the entire time. It was a moment of pure felt joy. And I will remember that for the rest of my life. If I could explain one moment that reminds me of the honeymoon period, it would be that precise moment. Over the course of three months, I had done all these things at once. And everything was going amazing. And everyone was interested. And then I got to travel. And I got to create this relationship with a family. And it felt like, okay, I had this rocky start, but I am picking it up. After we got to go back home, and then there was also homecoming, and that was also another really, really cool moment, because it was my my first dance, and we went to Vegas, and we bought a dress with my friends, and it was just something you do with your friends. So now we're getting towards the end of October, towards the end of this season. To me, the culture shock period can be associated to when the sporting season had finished. So the sporting season finished end of October. And there I realized that these friends that I had made were friends 
in this specific circumstance. So as long as we had to do practice and we had to interact with each other, go away on meets, do these races and so on, we would be friends, we would go on, we would hang out. But I could start seeing as the moment was ending, as the season was ending, that everyone was a bit diverting to their own thing. And I couldn't really understand why, because to me it's like the natural course of a friendship is you meet friends, you become closer, and then you subsequently become closer and closer and closer. Okay, the season was finishing, but you were still going to be together, you were going to the same school, doing the same things. Some people would be moving on together to the next sporting season, which I was not going to do because that was already a lot for me. I already knew that I didn't want to do any winter sport. But I remember the specific moment that I was practice. At a certain point, I just remember it hitting me and be like, oh god, I have to stay here. I have to stay here a year? A year. I don't think it had occurred to me up until the point. I didn't have time to process what I was stepping into, so then by the time I'd gotten there, to me it really felt like I was doing a two-week trip. And then, it is really culture shock. I don't really know why it is so strong. I'm curious to know if other exchange students had this very, like, pivotal click where it's like, oh shit, I'm actually staying here this long. But to me it was exactly like that. At a certain point I was just, like, sitting down in practice and this thought just came and it just hit me. I was like, okay... I'm actually staying an entire year here. And from there, we get into the culture shock. <laughs> the culture shock is a, is a long one. It's a long one because it's a tough part that nobody really talks about. Nobody wants to remember, but it is the moment that lasts the longest. And as I said, these moments deserve the acknowledgement because... As much as the great moments are great, the challenging moments are the ones that define you. And I would not be the person that I am today had I not done the year abroad. I would not have done the experiences that I have done since had I not done the year abroad. I do understand that it may sound cheesy, but it is 1000% true. To think who I would be today had I not done the year abroad kind of scares me. I had all these things that were thrown at me somewhere not very nice, especially in the culture shock slash crisis because it's a real full-on crisis, internal crisis at such a young age without any support system. Still, being able to emerge from that is what I'm carrying to this day and nobody can take that away from me. I think like, progressively I will be able to cover bigger time periods, especially because the harder moments are a bit more difficult to explain. And I think the most interesting one to explain. The honeymoon period is a blissful moment that we can start with. If there's any exchange students that are listening to this, please let me know what your experience was like. I have recently had friends that have met up and they have done the exchange year when I had done it. And I just found it such an interesting coincidence that right now they're meeting when I was reminiscing on all these moments. But I'm talking to a lot of former exchange students and many things are popping up. Has this year had the same impact on you as I feel it has had on me? Do you think that if you wouldn't have done that year abroad, pretty much everything would have been the same? What are the things that after like all these years, you are really carrying with you? That's what I'm really interested in hearing. I think I will leave it at that. I hope you enjoyed the show and see you next time.